0: I'd invite you all to consider in your mind something you like, a movie, a book, uh, a restaurant, one of your favorite shows, have that in your mind. Now, if someone were to ask you to describe this thing you like to them, what type of language would you use to indicate your approval of it? I have a multiple choice selection for you. Would you use the word groovy? Would you say, oh, this show was so cool? Would you say, oh, it was sick, it's sick? Or would it be a fire emoji because you're texting it? Now, some of y'all are thinking, I can't believe people actually use those words at one time. And I'm here to tell you, someday that will be you. And you will be the aged in the sermon illustration. It, It comes for all of us. The language we use in this example, the the words we might use to describe something cool or whatever, might say something about the generation we belong to. It might. The words we use, the language we use, says something about us. And the same is true about God. The language used in the Bible helps us understand God's nature. And in this series, Words of Life, we've been zeroing in on a single word used in the Bible. We looked at chesed, which is God's loving kindness. We looked at shalom, the ancient Hebrew word, which means peace, God's peace, is what we discussed. Last week, we talked about the Greek word charisma, God's gift. And this week, our subject is kairos, God's time. What I hope we'll discover together as we study God's word is that God's plans align at just the right time I was talking to a friend the other day and their daughter is about to start their senior year of high school we were kind of trading notes because our youngest child, our daughter is starting kindergarten so we're kind of at both ends of the spectrum and we agreed that Willie Nelson had it right when he said gee ain't it funny how time slips away that's right I think most of us feel this way when it comes to time. It goes fast. Even stay-at-home parents, I've heard a great phrase that goes, uh, the minutes and hours seem to go by slow, but the weeks and months and years go by fast. It just seems like yesterday, you, you, we were getting on the bus for the first time, going to school, or graduating, or we were starting our first job, or, or we were moving into our first home or apartment, or just yesterday it seemed like I was retiring, You know, there's a lot of research on how the older you get, the faster time seems to go. And from what I've read, the phenomenon is in our brains. The older we get, the more just data we have. And we kind of have to reach back further to access those memories in our mind. And it it seems in our minds that time goes by so fast because we have to retrieve it quickly and go back further to do it. The way we experience time and the way God experiences time, are very different. In 1 Peter, we read, With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. And so if God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-good, if God is outside of time, you may wonder, as I often have, why God's timing, a lot of times, doesn't align with, with our preferences. This is the question of providence. Or how God interacts with the world. What God provides in experiential ways. Providence. You know, maybe you have wondered. Why doesn't God cure cancer? Or hunger? Or, or whatever human crisis you want to insert in there. This question of providence is kind of an obsession of mine. And honestly, I have to consciously not just kind of veer off into that every Sunday. I really could. And so all we have time for today is that God's providence is in many ways a mystery. And I know that's kind of disappointing. And it's like, you went to seminary and that's all you got? Sorry. Uh, but <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. I I take a lot of comfort in, in God saying this in the book of Isaiah: As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my way is higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The way that God experiences time and the way God interacts in our time is fascinating to me. And the Bible speaks a lot about time because time is a universal human experience. And so even thousands of years after it was written, the Bible speaks to our reality. In Greek, the language of the New Testament, which, with, which was, in which it was written, there were two words that describe time. And the first is Chronos. Chronos. This is used to indicate a particular time of the day or a specific occasion. Like, what time is church? 10.45. Y'all did good. Or, or one of my pet peeves is being late to a movie. I, you know, I like to get there, really see all the dorky stuff before, a little trivia or whatever. So make sure you're on time to the movie. That's a chronos use of time. Fancy watches are called chronographs. And, and so in both English and Greek, we have this uh, technical use of the word time. We mean something very specific by it. A particular time of day or occasion. But the Bible also uses another word for time, and that word is kairos. Kairos, and this means a time that is suitable or advantageous for a particular purpose. So we have chronos, and what we're going to zoom in on today is the Greek concept of kairos. This word is used 85 times in the New Testament. And I hope you've been very impressed by my little graphs I make with my expensive Bible software, uh, because that's why I bought it. So you can see the different books of the Bible. I mean, it's just just used all over the place. And uh, out of the 85 times, 18 of these uses of the word kairos indicate a moment of opportunity. Kairos can then be defined as the appointed time in the purpose of God. There are many examples in the New Testament. I want to give you three right off the bat where kairos is translated or it's implied that it's the right time. In Matthew 8, 29, kairos is used to mean God's appointed time. In Luke 1.20, an angel speaks of their words being fulfilled at the proper time. And then Peter says, humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, God will lift you up in honor. And we see a great example of God's time, of kairos, in our scripture from 1 Timothy These are verses 12 through 15 of chapter 6. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the king of kings and lord of lords. So this scripture was written by Paul. He was one of the leaders in the early church. And he's writing to his protege, Timothy. And this is a letter he wrote to Timothy encouraging him to stick with it. To keep the faith that he professed when he made his good confession when he was baptized. Now that's not a term you may have heard a lot or that we use a lot, especially relating to Jesus. Right? So if Jesus was sinless, what was there for Jesus to confess? What is this idea of a good confession? This is referring to Luke chapter 23, verse 3, when Jesus was appearing before the Roman governor, and Pontius Pilate asked, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus replied, you have said so. So this was Jesus' good confession, his confirmation of his identity, as Lord, the earliest form of the Christian faith, the earliest confession of faith, statement of faith, was very simple Jesus is Lord. And so Jesus' good confession was his affirmation of this in front of the Roman governor who professed that Caesar was Lord. So that's, that's what that terminology means. And Paul is urging Timothy not to waver on the faith he professed in the lineage of Jesus, when Timothy was baptized. And he's encouraging him to pursue a life that is without blame or spot until Jesus appears again. Well, when's that gonna be? That is gonna be when, with which, God will bring about in his own time. God's kairos, the opportune moment. The NRSV translates this, with which he will bring about at the right time. So let's think of Kairos as a moment of divine opportunity. I remember my dad would describe this in a manner of speaking. He'd say to me often uh, as I grew up, Adam, prepare yourself so that when God opens a door, you can walk through it. Try to give him the whole treatment here, even the little little dash. (laughs) Prepare yourself so that when God opens a door, At the right time, you can walk through it. And I found this to be true in my life. And so I would offer you three things that we can do in order to respond to God's kairos moments, to prepare ourselves for the opportune time brought about by God. Now, the first is not going to be very fun, it's to be patient. This is not a forte of mine. I paid extra money at Disney World to not stand in line, I'm not patient. I can fake it for three hours on Sundays, but generally I am not. Uh, this is really hard. I'm not saying this is easy to do. We talked about a month ago of the fruits of the spirit, and one of them is patience. Ah, uh, this is hard, friends. There's things we pray for, things we want and need more than anything, and it just doesn't seem like God is responding. It's certainly not on our timeline. So, there's times where we're seeking God's providence, and it just doesn't line up with the time that we would prefer. Sarah uh, is only, my wife is only the second girl I ever dated. And the first girl was like freshman year of high school. So, if you run the numbers, there was like a little (laughs) period of time where there wasn't a lot of blips on the radar. And I guess what I'm implying here is that it took an act of divine intervention. (laughs) For me to marry someone like Sarah, which I would not disagree with. But all kidding aside, you know, for some folks, maybe it's a a romantic relationship that you want more than anything else and you've prayed about it and you're not seeing progress. Or many times we may be asking God to move and we don't get results on our preferred timeline. Maybe that's a diagnosis of you or a loved one. It could be employment-related. Maybe you're, you're struggling with an issue with a child or a spouse or, or a, a good friend. Maybe there's an addiction that we're struggling with. There are many people who want nothing more to be pregnant and it just isn't happening. All of us will reach an age where we will grieve the loss of someone we love deeply, often daily, and we pray for peace. Peace. And the list could go on. And sometimes it's tempting to want to throw in the towel when it comes to faith. right? Like, why am I doing all this? Why am I going to church and praying if nothing is happening? A valid question. One of the verses I have committed to memory and that I'd encourage you to do the same, one of the things I hope you hear often in our church is Galatians 6.9, which speaks to remaining patient even when it's tempting to quit. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, within God's kairos, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Patience and perseverance are key themes in the New Testament. We read in Romans, yet what we suffer now, during this time, is nothing compared to the glory He will reveal to us later. And so for patient and we wait for God's opportune time in our lives, we then need to be ready to recognize Kairos moments as they're happening. If we're wanting to experience a divine opportunity, then we need to be able to perceive them. I've got three Ps for you today. I was very excited about this. So if we need to be patient and wait for God's time, the next thing we need to to experience a Kairos moment is to perceive it. This is my friend Abby. She's a part of our church. I always look forward to her trunk or treat display. Uh, she's very gifted in that, so that'll happen in October. Uh, she was at the 930 service just a minute ago. Earlier this summer, uh, Abby's grandma passed away. And uh, she shared this story with me, and we wanted, we wanted to share it with you. These are her words. We were on our annual Park Rapids, Minnesota family vacation this summer, when my grandma Judy passed away. I've grown up going to Mantrap Lake my entire life. In fact, five generations of my family have stayed at the same resort. My grandparents hadn't traveled the past few years, but needless to say, I've spent many summers with my grandparents at this very spot. One of my grandma Judy's favorite things about Minnesota was crappie fishing. On the day grandma passed away, my parents headed home, but told my brother and me to stay with our families and enjoy what we could of vacation because it's what grandma would have wanted us to do. We ended up staying another day and loaded up the pontoon that evening to go fishing. Mantrap Lake is quiet, calm, and serene. It often looks like glass. It's so still. It was another quiet fishing night when it started to lightly rain. As the rain stopped, and this is her picture, a double rainbow appeared, and everyone started catching crappie. All eight of us caught crappie that night, even myself, and I don't fish, she says. (laughs) and she said in that moment even in all of our grief we weren't crying but were completely filled with joy and disbelief at what we were experiencing abby said i've been a christian my entire life i was raised in the church and have always believed in god but never in my entire life have i experienced or received such a sign from god like this we knew in that moment we were exactly where we were supposed to be god was there giving us a sign showing us Grandma Judy was right there with us. I mean, you almost, if you made it up, you wouldn't believe it, right? Abby and her family experienced a Kairos moment, and they had the eyes of faith to perceive it. Now, we may not all be able to point to a similar experience that Abby had. know, I don't want you to feel bad about that if that's the case. One thing I've learned is that sometimes we can only perceive kairos moments when we look back when we look behind us you know was there a time that something really didn't work out for you really went bad and then sometime later, later maybe a long time later this other thing happened as a result of that which which you never would have would have scripted i was working in a church leading worship When I was in college. And I was an RA. That means a resident assistant. That means I found uh, various bodily fluids in every part of the dorm is what that meant. Uh, (laughs) I'm still scarred about it if you can't tell. (laughs) So I was an RA. I was going to school. And I was also leading worship at a church about an hour away from my college. And because of my duties at school, uh, not just my classes, but being an RA, I really couldn't be at the church as much as I needed to be. So I was fired. Not a great feeling. It was terrible. That was in April of 2005. Now, this is my second reference, but in January of 2005, I had started dating a girl named Sarah, and her family lived in St. Louis. And I thought, well, I'm not doing anything else this summer, and if I'm going to not... Mess up this relationship thing. Least I can try and do is be in close proximity. So that summer, I went to St. Louis to be an intern at a church, and I was supposed to be there ten weeks, and I stayed there ten years. And 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 I found my call to ministry there, uh, reconfirmed that. And Michael, the pastor there, is, is still he's he's like a spiritual father to me. Now that story is cool, but it wasn't when I was sitting at the booth of the Mexican restaurant getting fired. I got in the car with Sarah and was like, was I just fired? I think I was. And so sometimes we can only see the providence of God in retrospect. And we might not always perceive the way God works or how God's providence intersects with our choices. But God's plans align at just the right time. And we may need to look back. We may need to look back to perceive it. So if we're patient in our waiting and frustration and we have the faith to perceive a Kairos moment, the third thing we must do to prepare to walk through a door if God opens it is we have to be ready to participate in it. It's the third B. So memorable. Right? Like we if if we're patient and then we perceive it, we gotta be ready to participate. Is there a text that you know you should send somebody, like you've gotten a little nudge to send? Or is there a conversation that you know you need to start? Or maybe there's an apology you need to give or an invitation you need to make? These can all be Kairos moments. And it's been my experience that Kairos moments go hand in hand with risk. That's the tough news today. A lot of times, Kairos moments go hand in hand with risk. If God is calling you to to do a new thing or be active in some type of leadership, then it is going to come with challenges because that's the only time leadership is required. When it's hard. Otherwise, no leadership is required. That's easy. And we don't often know how Kairos moments will turn out because it's something we haven't done before. So it's tempting to look at the times we live in and be cynical to just try and lower our heads and, and make it through this, this turbulent time in our culture. We live in a time when distrust in institutions is high and it seems like decency is running low. And that's a tough combination, isn't it? Tough combo. But I find a lot of comfort in these words from the book of Acts. That from one man, God made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth and he determined the times... He determined the kairos set for them and the exact places where they should live. I just love that. None of us chose to be born. None of us had anything to do with when or where we were born in this life. We got a couple examples in the room with us. Welcome. Welcome to the club. You didn't do anything to decide to be born. But in God's infinite wisdom, we have been given this time. God has placed us in this moment. This is it for us. And so let's respond by believing that God's timing will not fail. Let's be on the lookout for divine moments of opportunity. And let's have the courage to step forward in faith and participate and not just sit out on the sidelines where it's safe. So if you're like me, there's still lots of questions about God's time. Even the Bible says often, how long, O Lord? You know, when I was talking with Abby this week about sharing her story, you know, one of the things we kind of agreed on was, you know what? You know, crappies, catching was awesome. It reminded us of Grandma and the rainbows were amazing. You know what would have been really amazing? For Grandma to still be with us. I mean, all of us would trade in all that kind of stuff just for the people to still be with us. And, and so maybe this is kind of a bummer to listen to. And as a preacher, I, I just can't help but saying, we're all going to die. And so, so all of the Kairos moments in this life lead up to the ultimate Kairos moment, Christ's return. That's ultimately what our hope is as Christians. When Jesus will set all things right, So when's that gonna be? Again, you went to seminary. I don't don't know, but that's a biblical approach, by the way. If you ever hear every once in a while one of these preachers get on TV, or there's some 2020 episode about some cult that's like making some prediction about when Christ is gonna, when the world's gonna end, when Christ is gonna return. Whenever you see any of that junk, remember Mark 13, when Jesus said, "But about that day or the hour of His return." No one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. I will end the rant there. But we're we're patiently, the, the, the people of Israel waited thousands of years for the Messiah. And so we've been waiting thousands of years as Christians for Jesus' return. Now, there have been a few times in my life where I thought, okay, Jesus, I'm ready for you to come back. We live in a time uh, where children are killed in their schools. And, and, and people have become capable of evil in, in a capacity beyond words to describe and with an efficiency that I think, okay, anytime now, Jesus. And we could all name a bunch of terrible things going on in the world or a bunch of terrible things that, have, that we have experienced that might only be defeated by Christ ruling over earth and heaven as one together. And so I draw strength from Ephesians 1.10. This is the plan. At the right time, will you repeat with me? At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. And so as Christians, our faith and our hope is ultimately in Jesus' return, which God will bring about in his own time. When we see the events of history in the Bible and we consider the events of our own lives, we can have the faith to believe that God's plans align at just the right time. May we have the patience to wait for them, the wisdom to perceive them, and the courage to participate in Kairos, the moment of divine opportunity. And everybody said, amen. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today and the chance to be together. God, may we be both challenged and encouraged by the reading of your word. That you would give us the grace to remain patient, to not give up, or to recant our faith, our good confession. God, we ask for the wisdom to perceive When it is you're moving in our lives, especially when it's unexpected and unforeseen. And God, would you give us the courage to respond to these divine opportunities, to these moments of kairos in our lives, that we would participate in them, that we wouldn't shrink back out of fear or self preservation, but that we would walk through the door that you're opening. May your spirit prepare us so that we're ready when the opportune moment appears. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.